Welcome to Thrive Beyond Pornography, the podcast where real couples like us candidly navigate the journey to a healthier, more connected life. Join us as we share personal experiences, expert insights, and practical tips to help you thrive in your relationships and break free. Together, let's repair and build a rock-solid connection, becoming a couple that can overcome any challenge. I'm Zach. And I'm Darcy. Did you know that pornography doesn't have to destroy you or your marriage? We're the parents of eight active members of the Church of Jesus Christ, the Latter-day Saints, and we love to help people just like you. We're here to share hope and healing as we take you through our journey and the journeys of our amazing clients to greater joy and love. Come grow with us to a happier, more meaningful life. Welcome Welcome to to the the Self Mastery Podcast. Podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another beautiful Mastery Monday here on the Self Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Spafford. Happy 24th of July. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's Pioneer Day here in, in Utah. It's a, it's a local holiday, so, you know, we're having fun. We're, we're celebrating. We're not doing anything exciting, let me tell you. But uh, it was, so Pioneer Day is also Carly's birthday, and so Carly is 13. We now have four teenagers in our house. So if you think your life is awesome, just wait until you can get four teenagers in it. <laughs> uh, one of the books that I often recommend to my clients is a is a work by Robert Glover. Uh, his book, No More Mr. Nice Guy, is a guide to men who have struggled to get what they want in love, sex, and life. So I'd like to share one of the key concepts from this book and a little bit of a caution as you begin to integrate any of the, you know, if you read the book, there are some ideas in here that you, you may try to integrate, and they, they may not be the best for you, but I'll, we'll talk about that here in a minute. First, what is a nice guy? So, it, you know, the, the name of the book is No More Mr. Nice Guy. So as Dr. Glover calls it, nice guy syndrome is what he's really talking about. And it, it's essentially this. Nice guys are men, uh, and, and women can be this as well, but his focus is men because he's a man, and, and this is the, that's the the audience that he essentially wrote the book to. Uh, These are men who, at the expense of their own happiness and from a position of hiding real and important parts of themselves, seek the approval of others. So we do this at work, we do this in our church callings, and we do this in our personal lives, particularly as part of our marriages. So what this looks like is often saying yes to things, that we are not fully on board for in an effort to gain approval of those around us. So, you know, your boss, you say things to your, yes to your boss when really you should be saying no, maybe you're overworked or, you know, taking on any additional responsibilities might not be appropriate, but you say yes because you want your boss to like you. Uh, we do this at church, you know, if, if you have a, a church calling or a church uh, thing that you're in charge of and you take on just one more responsibility even though you know saying yes to that is not really in your best interest or in the even in the best interest of those around you uh, and you're doing it because I want you know the pastor or you know the bishop or whoever to think well of me and we do this really a lot with our spouses and I'm going to talk about this a little bit more in depth because this is really the focus of a lot of the work that I've done and a lot of the work that the men who and women who are struggling with pornography are, are, are doing. It's, it's really in our personal marriage relationship. So, you know, some of you are thinking, well, saying yes, you know, maybe that's not problematic. You know, being a person who serves in the community is often a well-regarded thing. But this is 
an overwhelming need to seek approval from others at the expense of our own honesty. And that position really creates problem, uh, problems over time. And one of the ways that we do this is a thing called a covert contract. And that's a, this is what I wanted to talk to you guys about, right? So that overwhelming need that we have to seek the approval of others at the expense of our own honestly held position creates these covert contracts. So covert contracts are actions that we take in order to obligate others to take actions that validate us without their consent. So an example of this might look like a spouse doing all the right things around the house, doing the dishes and cleaning up the house and getting the kids to bed and so on in order to get their partner to have no possible excuse to say no to having sex. At its core, a covert contract is a manipulation of those around you, in particular our spouses, into giving you validation through things like sex in a quid pro quo that the other party has not fully agreed to. So some of you are listening to this and you're saying, well, you know, how else am I supposed to get my partner to have sex with me? She always has some reason not to, uh, you know, unless I maneuver her into feeling like she has to. When we create these covert obligations, in the long run, we end up alienating our partners and we actually get less of the things we want, including intimacy and sex. And in this, we are essentially manipulating our partners for coerced validation at the expense of, you know, real self-validation and their real desire for us. What I find here is that many men like, you know, feel like getting some sex, even bad sex, you know, servicing-based sex is better than no sex. What we fail to see from that perspective particular perspective is that the servicing sex that we end up getting isn't fulfilling, but we can control to some degree when we get it. Now that control is the thing that you and your partner will eventually push back against and may create damage to to your relationship that's difficult to reconcile in the long run. By the way, both men and women do this. (laughs) Hopefully my mom's not listening. Uh, My mom once told me that if she wanted something from dad, she would have sex with him and then ask him about it, you know, whatever it was that she wanted. And he was much more likely to give in to her position if she did that. So, you know, you you women out there, if you're thinking about this and you're listening to this, you're going, oh, uh, is there a way that I engage in this? It, yeah, there's a good chance that you do. I mean, I, I want you, I want everybody who's listening to this, though, to really be clear. I'm not pointing this out to you to make you feel bad about it. I'm pointing it out to you so that you can... Um, self-confront on it and get to a position where you're no longer doing it because you choose not to, not because you felt bad about it. So how do we stop creating covert contracts? And I'm going to give you two things that you can do. One is the process of leaving behind covert contracts is letting go of the outcome, and the other is becoming more desirable. So let's start with being more desirable. Most of us, if we take a few moments to examine our lives, can see a number of things that we would like to change or improve about ourselves. And those of us who engage or have engaged in covert contracts are often fundamentally dishonest about what's real and truly going on for us internally. Meaning we don't really tell our partner what's true. We often tell them what we think that they want to hear. And we tell them what we think we want them to hear. Now, this is a difficult issue for many of us because we can, we can get things from others if we tell them what they want to hear. 
and we can get a lot of validation and gratification at very little immediate cost if we withhold our true position on issues that are big and small. The problem with this is that for your partner to desire you, to really want to create intimacy and have the kind of desire for you that we really want them to have, we have to be willing to disappoint them and we have to be willing to suffer rejection from them. So let me tell you what I mean. Uh, Becoming desirable in part means that I'm willing to face disappointment and rejection from my partner. Uh, if we just kind of go along with whatever it is that our partner wants, everything they ever want, and we never disagree with them, and we never tell them what we really want, especially if the thing we want is directly contrary to the thing that they want, so you know we have a different opinion, they're not going to trust us, and they will probably get sick of us in the long run. You know, have you ever had a friend who was like so hard up for friendship or they just kind of were clingy or whatever and, you know, they never had an idea of their own. They just wanted to follow you around and do whatever you wanted to do. Maybe you are that friend. I don't know. It it can be fun for a while because that person is easy to get along with, but eventually you get tired of them and they become kind of a bother because they don't bring anything to the table. They don't bring anything to the relationship. They, you know, they're like water in a cup. They just take on whatever shape you are. And that doesn't push you uh, or contribute to your relationship. And I think it's kind of boring. And I'm sure you've also had friends who push you and make you think and help you grow. But sometimes they believe differently than you. And you tolerate that because they contribute to your life in meaningful ways. I have a friend like that who, you know, we, we sit in opposite sides of <clears throat> political ideas. And, you know, we're, we're not terribly far apart, but there are definitely things where he pushes me and he's like, well, what about this? And I push him back. And you know, that creates meaningful dialogue and it creates meaningful growth because we're both willing to have that conversation and trust each other to accept us, even though they might reject the idea. And I think it's easier to see and do that with your friends than than it is uh, to do it with your spouse. But being able to disappoint your spouse in meaningful ways and for well-considered beliefs is more important than you might think. You know, you've heard me talk about this before on the podcast, but I don't like having pets very much. And it's not that I don't like animals. It's just like I don't like hair and I don't you know I don't want to have to find somewhere for them to go when they when we go on vacation or when we travel. I don't you know and I worry about them when we're gone, you know, the cats. It's like, you know, what are they going to do? How are they going to take care of themselves? You know, the dog, oftentimes we take her and that adds, you know, a level of complexity to whatever it is that we're doing, right? So I tolerate it, but if it were up to me, we wouldn't have pets. Darcy likes them and she got them and she was willing to disappoint me because she has a sincerely held desire to have cats. Now you might think about that and you're like, well, uh, (laughs) why is it that, you know, you guys can't have the same opinion about this or come to the same opinion or some to come to some conclusion where you're on the same page about this because, you know, conformity is really important. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, conformity is actually problematic in your relationship if it's contrary to your honestly and truly held opinion. So if you're, you know, conforming to your partnership in a way that is is about suppressing what it is that's real and true about you, that's another covert contract because what you're doing is you're saying, "Well, I'm going to give up what I want and I'm going to give up being autonomous here and I'm going to give up having an opinion so that my partner will like me or so that I will, you know, fit into my partnership better." Now, there are limits, you know, and you have to feel these out and you have to work through them. 
it isn't one of those things where you go and you create disappointments because you stop being overly nice and you decide to become mean or intransigent and unwilling to compromise. It's a process of feeling your way through it, being solid in the person that you are while being willing to choose closeness with your partner. And this is one of the things that, you know, I have a little bit of a disagreement with the way that uh, Robert Glover approaches some of his uh, activities within within the book. It, you know, it seems like it's very much a, let me push against everything. Let me f- not create conflict for the sake of conflict, but it really is one of those things where it it's, if, if you're not careful with this, you can go to the mean side instead of the nice side. And I'll talk a bit, of, a bit about that later. But, it, you know, you got to be careful with this. You need to be solid in the person that you are while being willing to choose closeness with your partner. One thing that I did that changed the dynamic of our sexual relationship was I stopped saying yes to duty sex or what I like to call servicing sex. That was something that was really difficult and disappointing for both Darcy and me. You know, you might think that it wouldn't be difficult for Darcy, but it really was. One of the reasons that it was difficult was that she could no longer utilize sex as a way to control me. (laughs) Right? That's right. I said Darcy would sometimes use sex to get me to do things that she wanted. So when I would say no to sex... Uh, meant as a servicing type of sex or a management type of sex, even when it was sincerely offered, it was disappointing for Darcy because it took, uh, you know, a tool out of her toolbox. And it also required her to reflect more earnestly on how and why she wanted to engage intimately and sexually. For my part, it was disappointing because I realized that she didn't really want me. She only wanted to control me and help me control myself. But if you have a pornography struggle, you know that your partner really can't control you and you don't want them to, right? And significantly, she can't help you control yourself. So being willing to disappoint your partner by being open about what you really want is a muscle that, if exercised regularly, will become one of your most powerful allies in creating real intimacy and desire in your partner. When I stop saying yes to sex from a servicing frame, which, you know, it in the beginning, it probably didn't feel as wrong as it did by the by the time I stopped doing it, uh, but it really just feels wrong to do it. You know, when I stopped saying yes to that, I, you know, I started to show and say what I really wanted. So I started to become willing to wait for Darcy's desire to come up and for her to choose me, not just servicing me. Uh, and, you know, there were disappointed moments for both of us on that journey. In the beginning, Darcy didn't believe me when I would say no, you know. And if, you know, I would say to her, well, if you're not into it, I'd rather do it another time. She didn't believe that at the beginning. And it was a, you know, there was this process, and I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but there was this process of her, you know, hearing me say no and her not believing me and then also just kind of getting to a place where it's like, well, how can I take care of you? What should I do for you? How? And she was working through that. On the mean, in the meantime, I was working through being disappointed that we weren't having sex, and that was that was not easy. But when she would say no, I would have to go inside, and I would have to say, in you know, inside my own mind and inside my own uh, sense of emotion and feelings, and say, okay, what's going on here for me? Why do I feel rejected? Why does this feel bad? And Am I disappointed that she doesn't want me or am I disappointed that I'm just not getting some action? And working through that was really important. 
Uh, and in the years since I started doing that, Darcy's desire for me has become a significant driver of our intimacy in ways that make me and her very, very happy. And to be clear, this is different than the immature position that we often see in pop culture and movies where playing hard to get will eventually reel your partner in until they're you know, doing everything that you want. That's, I think that's just the mean guy version of the same manipulation tactics. Getting your partner to do what you want by ignoring them, pushing them away, and making them work for your attention is just as manipulative as covert contracts. And in both cases, your partner's going to tire out of that game, and they're going to want to distance themselves from you eventually. So the second way that we can begin eliminating covert contracts also has to do with making yourself more desirable, but it's about letting go of the outcomes. And letting go of the outcomes means choosing closeness with your partner and not needing them to respond in a certain or specific way. So the interesting thing about this is that you might end up doing the same things like washing the dishes or cleaning the house and putting the kids to bed, all the things that you might have done previously to lift burdens from your partner's life in an effort to obligate them to a specific response in the bedroom, you know, maybe. Now, however, you do them without seeking that specific response or expecting to be rewarded for your efforts. You do them because you are a partner with your spouse. You want them done, right? Or you have committed to doing them. Those are really the only reasons for you to do things in your relationship because you're a partner, because you want them done, or because you've committed to doing them. Being able to let go of the outcomes is about changing the meaning behind your actions, possibly more than it may be about changing your specific actions, which really is what you do is important. Why you do it is the key. So back and foot rubs are a good example of this in my life. If I wanted sex, I would make sure that I give Darcy foot rubs in the morning and back rubs in the evening. And it was essential to our sex life. And it was kind of a currency. And it meant that if I did enough foot rubs or back rubs that I would get sex. So I would resentfully many times massage her working up to get enough credit to get what I wanted. While I still rub Darcy's feet and back, I do it a lot less often, and I only do it when I want to, because I want to, and not because she wants me to necessarily. Like, she might ask, and I would say yes or no, but it's only because of my own personal desire. The why of my actions has stopped being about getting rewarded, and it's now, especially in this arena, but maybe just specifically in this arena for you know the purposes of our conversation, the why is really only about my desire to give to her, not about her to, to you know, become obligated to something. In coming at it from a place where I'm not working toward a specific outcome, I place myself in a position to be desired for who I am, not for what I do for others. My actions come from a place of self-validated choice, right, to choose my partner rather than seeking for her to validate me and service my wants. It's subtle, and just like in working through covert contracts from a position of being more desirable, we need to work through it in a way that is about feeling our way through it rather than saying, well, it's this specific action that has to change. And really, in this particular space, uh, you know, letting go of the outcomes, a good question to ask yourself is, what am I trying to get out of doing this? 
If the answer is anything other than the satisfaction of doing it because I want to or I choose to, then you might want to take a step back, reevaluate, and maybe choose not to do it or choose to do it, but know that you'll need to work through the emotions and, and the difficulty of eliminating any expectation from your spouse to validate you for doing it. So I hope that's been helpful. You know, I would recommend that anybody read No More Mr. Nice Guy. I would, you know, again, this is my caution. Be careful about what he's asking you to do in parts of it because some of it is kind of a, I don't know, it's the selfish version of the mean guy. And it it pushes back, I think, a little harder than what you really want to go for. What you really want to go for is becoming a solid self. So this is differentiation. We get back to that same concept. Becoming a solid self who chooses closeness with their partner, not someone who manipulates their partner into giving them things either from a mean position or from a nice position. All right, you guys. I love you. Have a great week, uh, and I will talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Self Mastery Podcast. Every day, Darcy and I work with amazing men and women to remove pornography from their lives and relationships. If you're ready to take the next step in your journey, let us help you. Sign up for a consult at zackspafford.com slash work with me, and you can set up some time for you or your spouse to meet with me or with Darcy, and we can help you get started on your self-mastery journey. Thanks for listening to Thrive Beyond Pornography. If you're seeking guidance and support to overcome pornography for good and begin creating a thriving life beyond it, check out my free webinar, How to Overcome Pornography with Skills that Actually Work. You'll learn practical, proven skills guided by an expert coach who has personally overcome pornography. Whether you're getting started for just yourself or along with your spouse, Darcy and I can teach you the tools that will help you put your life on the right path for you. Be sure to check out the show notes for a direct link. And if you could take a moment to leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts, it would mean the world to us. Your reviews play a significant role in helping others discover the show so they can join us on this transformative journey. Thank you for being part of the Thrive Beyond Pornography community. Until our next episode, stay strong, stay focused, and keep thriving.